going, I guess. Anything else? All right. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. <clears throat> he says to the brethren, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one, in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate Unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. You see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. <clears throat> and as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, <clears throat> and mercy upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Thus is the sixth chapter of the book of Galatians. Back in verse 1, he's speaking to the brethren. If a man, and I'm sure that's inclusive if it's a woman. If a man be overtaken in a fault... We all have faults. But if a man be overtaken in one, then it's a real problem. So he doesn't say just everybody go to him. You shouldn't do that. He says you, 
you all which are spiritual. Now, <clears throat> there are not <clears throat> separate classes of Christians. There's a fellow, Lewis Schaefer, that wrote a book, He That Is Spiritual. And in that book, he said, you have spiritual Christians, they're up here. And then you have carnal Christians, they're down here. Now, I don't know when you cross into that. That's not what Paul's talking about. You which are led by the Spirit and show it in your lives. You go to such a one that's been overtaken in a fault in order to restore them, if you can. And you're to do that in the spirit of meekness. Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. In the spirit of meekness, come learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. So there is the spirit of meekness. And the reason for that, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. If you're not overtaken in a fault, praise God's grace. I'll be overtaken in a fault. So when we go to restore a brother or sister <clears throat> who has obviously been overtaken in a fault, we must do it in the spirit of meekness. That's dangerous business. You got to consider yourself, man, where do I fit in here? The only reason I'm not over there, I'm here and not over there, is because of the grace of God. Absolutely. Because I know what the temptations I have are. And I know what, what I fight every day. And if I'm not overtaken, it's because God's given me the grace to, to withstand the darts of the devil. So, brother, I'm not coming to you because I'm on top and you're on bottom. And that happens. It most certainly does. I've seen them come up before church and get up and say, I'll tell you, I'm going to be here every service. You all won't open them doors unless I'm here. I'll never sit down on the Lord again. And they only show up at night. They don't come back to the next service on Sunday. But where, what is all this? Big me and little you? We've got to get rid of that. Especially when we're doing something like this. This is in the process of church discipline. Amen. Trying to restore a brother or a sister that's been overtaken in a fault. And it always helps to consider yourself. Lest thou also be tempted just like they are. 
I have observed through the years, generally people that come down so hard on one issue, they end up falling to that. I've seen that numerous times in my ministry. Now, the next verse goes along with the first one. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Wouldn't you think that going to a brother in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted, and trying to, to help him and talk him or her into getting straightened out with the Lord, getting back with the Lord, couldn't you say that's probably partly carrying, bearing one another's burdens? Amen. He's got that burden, but he's not out there by himself. He's been overtaken, but any one of us are subject to be right where you are. Lickety split. So bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Yeah. And Christ has a law? <laughs> well, he certainly does. And to fulfill the law of Christ... What is the first commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, thy strength. And the second was like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. Fulfill the law of Christ by bearing you one another's burdens. There we go. Because if a man think himself to be something, <laughs> When he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Well, something, man, I'm something. Ain't I something? <laughs> Look at me, ain't I something? I'm a millionaire. Or I'm a billionaire. Ain't I something? But Paul says when it's that way, the actual mathematical figure is not millionaire, billionaire, it's zero. <laughs> well, look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 2, Paul says, Though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries, and all knowledge, and through, though I have all faith, so that I can remove mountains, and have not charity, that's love, I am nothing. There he is. Thought you were something and you ain't nothing. <laughs> all right, look at Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> verse 3 for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think <laughs> okay but to think soberly 
according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You ought not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to. There's where you get into humility. Uh, I'll look over Proverbs 12 real quick. Verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Here's counsel right here. So, if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. A lot of that goes on, folks. God forbid that it goes on with us. But let every man prove his own work. Well, I don't, I don't really think he's talking about your job. I think he's talking about in your service to the Lord. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. If I'm living for the Lord, I'm following the Holy Spirit and I read in the word where I am, I'm rejoicing that God's given me the grace to do that. And then verse 5 balances this thing out, bearing one another's burdens. For every man shall bear his own burden. There is a sense in which, especially brothers and sisters in Christ, we're to bear one another's burdens. But there's a limit. You can help people, but just so much. You can bear others' burdens, but just so much. You can't really take much away from them because every man shall bear his own burden. We're all going to give account of ourselves before the Lord. So, so well, nobody wants to help me. Well, remember this, and every man shall bear his own burden. If nobody does want to help you, then go ahead, serve the Lord. Nobody wants to help me. Who do you help? Nobody came to see me in the hospital. Who do you go see in the hospital? But ultimately, doesn't matter. We all must bear our own burden before the Lord. Now, let him that is taught in the word. Well, that would be church member, others. If you're taught in the word, communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. I think he's talking about paying a preacher. That word there Koinonio. Uh, now it's used for partaking with, but there's several times it's used, and it definitely talks about fellowshipping with money. Look at Romans 12, 13.
He said, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. That word distributing is the exact same word as communication in Galatians 6. Koinonio. Uh, look at Romans 15. Verse 27. <clears throat> it hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are, for if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. Saying the exact same thing to the Romans as is saying to the Galatians that you have an obligation to those that are laboring, teaching you the word of God. Uh, partakers is the same word. And then in uh, Philippians, Verse 15, chapter 4, verse 15. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me. That same word, koinonio, as concerning giving and receiving, but you all only. So he said, wasn't anybody providing anything for us? Now here's the thing. Go back to Acts 2 and then I'll... Say something else. Acts the second chapter. <clears throat> then they, verse 41, then they that glad had received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, same word, koinonio, and in breaking of bread and in prayer. So this kind of fellowship meeting has something to do with money. Now here, here's the deal about it. Used to hear it, I don't, haven't been around people. Maybe they don't talk this as much. But used to be, that's mountaineers out in the East Kentucky, Ought not to pay a preacher. Y'all ever hear anybody say that? You probably still do. Well then, you see what it is. They have no conception of what it means to teach the word of God. To preach and teach the word of God. It takes a lot of study and preparation to do that. And if you want a pastor to do that, then how does he make a living and do all that? Very, very difficult. And so if a church can do it, and as soon as they can, they ought to, they need to support the pastor where he doesn't have to go out and work. I had to work most of my ministry. Uh, and I did it. But I'll tell you what I did. I had a schedule that ain't many people could ever come up with it. We're talking about it today. We passed by over there in Scott County on Ironworks Road. It's where that old radio station 
WAXU used to be. Anybody remember that station? Uh, it was a country music station. Well, for almost a year, Brother Hart had throat problems. He had a radio minister there. So every Sunday morning, I had to be there, I think it was 7.30, to do that broadcast, 30-minute broadcast live. So I get up, I go do that, I get back home, I change clothes, I get over here and teach Sunday school at 10 o'clock. Then I preach Sunday morning. Then I go to Richmond, I preach at the jail over there, Madison County Jail, and then I go to a nursing home. Then I get back here at 6 o'clock, do a doctrinal class, and then I preach at 7, or, uh, 7.30. Then I get up Monday morning, and I'm at school at 7 o'clock to teach a theology class. Then I go to work, come home, change clothes, go to work, and I'm back at, at Lexington Baptist College to teach a two-hour night class or three-hour night class. And then do the same thing on Tuesday. Then back here on Wednesday. I did that for a long time. Never even, never even bought me a gallon of gas. If I wasn't working, I couldn't have had the gas to do it. They'd just laugh at me. But see, the Lord's work's not very serious. It's just a joke. That's the way they act. The Lord's work's not a joke. This is the only work that matters. Anyway, he said, Let him that's taught in the word communicate unto him in all good things. Be not deceived. Pretty good chance of being deceived here. If Paul makes a special note to be not deceived on a certain issue, it's because it's a very real possibility of being deceived. And here it is. God is not mocked. You know, a lot of folks ought to realize this. That's a general truth for everything, let alone right here. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He's telling me that he's not, God is not mocked. And people that are bad-mouthing God, bad-mouthing Christ, bad-mouthing the Bible, bad-mouthing his church, He's not going to be mocked. And all that that you sow. Listen. We're in a world that is cursed. It got cursed by God because of sin. Because of our sin. We're in bodies that are cursed. You may not realize this while you're young, but you get a little age on you, you start realizing the curse. It's worse on some than it is the others. But here's the fact that none of us are going to make it out of here alive unless the Lord comes first. Death is real. 
We try to hide it. We try to run from it. We try to uh, make soft sayings about it. I've noticed this. A lot of people are saying this now. They don't say so-and-so died. He passed. Now, I used to say, hopefully say, that about me in a test. He passed. <laughs> but now that's what people say to say that some, that what they mean is somebody died. What's wrong with saying he died? Trying to euthanize, uh, isn't that what they say? Uh, euphemism. A euphemism. Trying to make something coarse seem okay. But we're going to die. We got to face it. Some live longer than others. Check the obituaries out. I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe how many 20, 30, 40, 50 year olds are dying. There was a 50 something year old woman in there. Had a, she was a teacher or something. I don't know. She was very, very well to do, very, had, a, had a very prosperous life. She's a Roman Catholic. And they said that she's gone to be with her Lord. No, she hadn't. That's not what Catholicism teaches. Roman Catholics teach that she's burning in purgatory as we speak. That's what they teach. Why don't people realize that? Now there is no purgatory. I don't know anything about her. But if she wasn't saved, she's in hell. She's not in purgatory. If she's saved, she's with the Lord. But what right do Catholics have to talk about about the gone, gone to heaven. They're not gone to heaven. Read your own doctrine. Anyway. Death is a reality. And whatever you sow. That's what you're going to reap. He that soweth to his flesh. Shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. That's not saying you get work salvation. Amen. The crop gets reaped. There's your life everlasting. It comes from God. Now, this is one of the lettuces in the Bible. Let us. Here's some good lettuce. Let us not be weary in well doing. Folks, I tell you, I know it gets old. I know it gets, I know you get hurts and, and just don't feel like it. But we can't let ourselves get weary in well doing. And let me tell you that what we do, we don't do that much, but we've got services Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday afternoon. Such precious little 
We can't let ourselves get weary in well-doing because Satan will make you weary in well-doing. I'm going to tell you what. I've never seen a time. Now, if I'm snotting and sneezing and going to spread it to everybody, I might stay away. But I've never seen a time when I'd be hurting at home and I get here and I'm hurting worse. So, you say, well, I'm hurting. I can't go to church. I'm hurting. Well, you ain't going to hurt no more here. Matter of fact, you'll probably hurt less here because you'll get your mind off yourself and get your mind where it ought to be on heavenly things and not on you. God help us to not let ourselves be weary in well-doing. For in due season, the correct season, we shall reap if we faint not. I think he's talking about rewards there. That reaping of the Spirit, life everlasting. Reaping if we faint not. I think he's talking about rewards here. Now we're getting ready. We're going to start the trail of blood again in January. Some think it's not necessary. I think it's very necessary. We've got the history. We've got the scripture. And we need to absolutely know what's going on to get us to where we are right here. Uh, Anyway, so let us not be weary and well done, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity. Now see, now everything you've been talking about here kind of has to do with serving the Lord and serving one another. Doesn't it? As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men as in italics. So that certainly includes men and women. Let us do good unto all. Doing good ought to be a major part of our lives. Amen? Especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Now Paul says, you see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. Now here, why were, were, was he writing in large letters? Oh, there's two or three theories on that. Look over at Romans 16. Verse 22, I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. The apostle Paul used what's called an amanuensis. That means somebody that does your writing for you. 
And so Paul definitely used those. But for some reason, something happened to him. He had to quit writing or something. Here Paul writes this one with his own hand. Now why did he use those large letters? The first theory is that because he had bad eyesight, and that's what his infirmity of the flesh was. Write big letters. Well, used to be a brother, if I can think of his name, black brother, came over to Lexington Baptist College. I can't think of his name right now. Fine old fellow. But he had terrible, terrible eyesight. He had thick glasses, and he had a great big magnifying glass. And that's how he read the Bible. It was all he could do to read it, but he did. He, went, he did what he had to do to read it. And he had to, had to admire him for that. So you look for the giant print. How many are looking for giant print Bibles? We, we, start, we start looking for them after a while, don't we? <clears throat> well, so that, that very well could be. Could be he wanted to impress it or emphasize it, but I think that's the reason. Anyway, he says, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only, lest, only unless they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. They're not going to fight that Jewish problem. So they're just going to make a fair show in the flesh of these Gentiles. Get them circumcised and stand back and look, see what I did here? Now, I got problems with that. I really do. People like that. But Paul says, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. They don't keep the law. These Jews who claim to be under the law, they don't keep the law. It wouldn't take any, any time at all to prove these people that claim that they're keeping the law. They don't keep the law. That brother in Jasmine County that was as a brother and miss him in Christ to catch him in Adam, uh, that was an Armstrongite. Lived out on, I think, Sufferwell Road in Jessman County and drove all the way to Frankfurt to go to services with that Armstrong bunch. And he claimed he kept the law. He wouldn't even take a country ham from uh, Stratton's Lumber Company. I said, I'll take it. No, they wouldn't give it to me. He's the one bought all the lumber from see. But I'd have taken it. Lord's cleaned that up for me, buddy. Anyway, but he claimed he, he's keeping the law. I wonder how far that is from Surferwell, way out Surferwell Pike to Frankfurt. 50? It's at least 50 miles, isn't it? Let's see, how many miles was the Sabbath day journey? Three at the most, wasn't it? I said, well, you, you just broke the law. You don't keep the law. And Paul said they don't keep the law. That they may glory in your flesh. They don't keep the law. We 
don't keep the law. We can't keep the law. The law is weak through the flesh. That doesn't wipe out the law. Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. And the curse of the law is that every soul that sinneth it shall die and sin is the transgression of the law. There's the curse. But Jesus Christ was made a curse for us on the cross of Calvary and he fulfilled the law with his perfect life. He never disobeyed, transgressed the law on one point. He kept it all. He earned perfect righteousness and then he died to pay for our sin debt. Now, the Paul says, they will want to glory in your flesh because you, you made, made them do something that, that they didn't know to do and didn't want to do, but you did, did it anyway, but you made all of, all of the Jew brethren happy. Glorying in their flesh. But Paul said, but God forbid or let it not be, literally is what he's saying, that I should glory. And that's a, a takeoff on them. They're glorying in, in, in their flesh. He said, God forbid that I should glory. Ex save is accept in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now there's no glory in the cross for me. I didn't accomplish anything on the cross. My Savior accomplished it for his people. And the cross of the Lord Jesus, that's not one hanging around your neck, not hanging, dangling on your ear, not tattooed on your person, not sticking up on your building. The cross that Jesus Christ died on. By whom the world is crucified unto me. That's Jesus Christ. And I unto the world. So, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. Now, God, I'm circumcised. Really? And? and God, I'm uncircumcised. And? Doesn't matter to anything. Nothing. But a new creature. Oh, you must be born again. Born from above. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. Is he talking about Israel or spiritually? Probably talking about both. From henceforth, let no man trouble me. Don't accuse me of preaching the works, salvation. No man trouble me over any of this stuff. Because I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And that word in the Greek is stigmata. Well, that's marks. I'm about that. Look over to Exodus 21. Pretty sure this is what Paul is referring to. 
21, Exodus. <clears throat> now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. He, won't, he doesn't owe you a dime. If he served you for six years, uh, the seventh year, he goes out free. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master have given him a wife, and she have borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. I'm not going to leave you. I love my wife, I love my children. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door, or unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl. And he shall serve him forever. That's also in the book of Deuteronomy. There's an awl. Anybody worked leather? You got an awl. That's how you make your holes in your leather. Or, well, even metal workers use an awl, scratch awl, and all that. It's a sharp pointed thing that makes a hole. It makes a hole in your ear, and I assume leaves a scar that they can tell what, what it is. He's a bond servant. Paul called himself a bond servant of the Lord, a bond slave of the Lord. Could have gone free, but he decided, I want to serve. I'm going to stay here. And that really did happen a lot. I don't have time to read it, but over Second 2 Corinthians, Paul talked about all the marks in his body. How many marks did Paul have in his body? <laughs> you couldn't count them. The marks were all over. He said, you see, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. So, anyway, brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thus.